welcome into a I couldn't I couldn't think of a sticky pun that quickly. I should have thought about that. Anyways, welcome back to Wavelengths. Steven Heimers, as always. And now the only Garrett C I trust left in this world. Garrett Caudre is with me. A bombshell of sorts was dropped on the baseball world today. There were some text messages from former Angels visiting clubhouse manager Brian Harkins that gave some incriminating evidence against some prominent pitchers of past five years or so. You have Max Scherzer, who dominated the National League for quite some time now. You have Adam Wainwright, who is still around, which is just crazy. And none other than Garrett Cole, the 335, however, million dollar man in the Bronx, you know, Yankee, then now, tomorrow, forever, whatever, bunch of garbage. Anyways, I could go on and on and on, but I am, you know, a well-known uh, outspoken Mets fan. So, Garrett, I want to let you go first and speak what's on your mind about the situation. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because we've we've had this this actually, thought actually, actually, that before I let you go on, are you pro or against pitchers using foreign substances on their hands? It's it's really weird for me because I'm not against it, but if if you want to be for it, cork the bats as well. Okay. If, if these guys are just straight up, at this rate, they're straight up cheating. So for right now, I'm against it, but I'm not against making it legal as long as you let people cork the bats. I mean, it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. If you allow people to continue to use these substances, you allow these, it's at, at, the, at the most basic level, it is performance enhancing. So as of right now, I'm 100% against it, but I'm saying like, maybe in the future to improve spin rate, get some more good pitching, good hitting battles, maybe in the future. But right now, yeah, I would say I'm against it. Okay, so I did interrupt you. So the last thing I asked you was about how you felt about the situation. So if you just want to elaborate further. Um, it's shocking to see who's, you know, who's starting to become main players, main cheaters that, you know, guys are starting to, to learn about and obviously everybody's had this idea that Garrett Cole has always been involved you look at the his Pirates numbers and he goes to Houston and he's the best pitcher on the planet and he comes to New York and he's the second best pitcher in New York I mean everybody knows that one guy whose name didn't come up in any of these is Jacob deGrom who's obviously the best pitcher in baseball and I mean Max, Scher Max Scherzer shocked me I, I've I mean everybody loves Mad Max you know but you see his name in this stuff and you're and you're really thinking like it, it, it makes sense in a way. You see people linked to it. You see, I saw Tyler Chatwood linked to it. Um, he threw the no-hitter, I think, in 2020, 2019. After years of mediocrity, he had a career renaissance right around the time this was happening. You, you know, you get Max Scherzer winning back-to-back -back Cy Youngs after being with the D-backs and the uh, um, Tigers, Tigers and being a middle-of-the-rotation guy. Um you know, it's just interesting. And it makes sense. It all makes sense. Every single guy whose name comes up makes sense. They have these great, you know, career renaissance moments after 
apparently getting into some sticky stuff. And but and, and at the end of the day, it shows two things. It shows one, Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher in baseball, and two, there's a lot that goes on in the MLB behind our backs. And I'm sure this is just the tip of the iceberg. And I think we're just getting started with this unfortunate uh, situation for pitchers right now. So I like, well, I shouldn't say I like, I admit when I'm wrong because I feel like I'm wrong very often, especially here. But when I'm right, I really, I don't like letting people know that I was right, but it's good to let people know. I said here, I think it was either like after the, no, it was, it was you, me and Kyler after like the first week of the MLB season, Trevor Bauer got his ball confiscated in the middle of his start because they were suspicious of him. And I said, if we're going to do that to Trevor Bauer, let's keep an eye on Garrett Cole because Garrett Cole has had the exact same, you know, like you said, career renaissance went from, you know, never panning out in Pittsburgh to winning 21 games in Houston, almost winning a Cy Young, signing for a ridiculous amount of money and just dominating the American League for now going on four years. So I said that. I didn't know anything about it. It was just look at the numbers, the spin rate, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But you just knew something was up. Trevor Bauer. Yeah, you called that. I mean, we talked about it. We literally talked about that first week of the season. We, they were investigating Trevor Bauer, and we're like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? And you said, check Garrett Cole. And it made so much sense. And you would think they would catch on to this stuff. They would know. But it's clear that they just don't, you know. And it's, it's, coming, it's coming out now. And, I mean, we said it first. We said it first week of the MLB season. And now look at it. Look where we're at. And what's interesting, Trevor Bauer. Not named in this. Maybe there's more to come. You know, everybody likes a good mystery. So maybe there will be, I'm, I'm positive that there were. But Trevor Bauer was not named in this initial report. If anybody would have, you know, been like the guy to, you know, we got you, would have been him. You know, oh, yeah. Gar- no doubt. Derek Cole, we were suspicious of. Max Scherzer, no pun, in ton- no pun intended, out of left field. I would have never painted uh, that's a you know finger paint that's a bad one sorry uh max scherzer i never would have suspected something like that adam wainwright similar that makes like sense he, though because yeah, he's remember, he was off, so great yeah he was so great and he fell off and now he's come back in these last few years think of the numbers he's been putting up 2016 and after after having five years of being a, a below average starting pitcher a guy who maybe would make it on some of the better major league rosters and now he's he looks like the guy he was 15 years ago for some reason. And we were all wondering about it and it's making sense. Just like every other guy that's, that's been named in this, you know, and it makes so much sense. It, exactly. It, it totally gives reason to why he's been doing what he's been doing. And, you know, Adam Wainwright, St. Louis Cardinals, very similar to Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees. Two of, you know, when you talk about organizations in baseball that everybody knows, everybody respects, they're two of, if not the top three, the top five. So this coming out from teams like them is very interesting. And I don't, I don't want to TMZ this. I don't want to speculate, you know, oh, Garrett, who else do we think? I don't, I don't, I don't roll like that, but they're, it, it was just so obvious with Garrett Cole 
and people like wanted to believe it, but I also think they didn't want to admit it. Like that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get it. And I know we're not pointing fingers. I'm just saying as this unravels, watch the entire Brewers pitching staff. That's all I'm going to say. Watch Peralta, watch Burns, watch Woodruff. If those are guys that I, I've been looking at there. I looked down, uh, I saw some stats the other day on a website and I've seen some on Instagram. Their, their, uh, their RPM, their numbers, they just go up and down and up and down a crazy good. And then the, a bad start where maybe they just didn't use substances. And I'm not, throwing, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying, as this starts to uh, come more into the mainstream, just watch those Brewers pitchers. Cause I, I just, something just seems fishy with them. I'm just calling but it now. This is the type of world we live in, in 2021. When there's one, there's multiple, and when one gets found, the rest will shortly be revealed not too far in the future. So, I okay, before we get into this a little more, I don't want this to seem like I'm picking on Garrett Cole. I did say I am a Mets fan. I don't like the Yankees at all, but I'm not picking on Garrett Cole just because he's a Yankee. I'm picking on Garrett Cole because... He is the most notable name, so he will get the most scrutiny. Like it or not, that's just how it is. If it was Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer would have also had to shoulder this load. And before I go any further, if by some, you know, unfortunate situation, if, if this was Jacob deGrom, I would, you know, do the same thing. I just want that totally, you know, out in the open. But, like, Jake doesn't cheat. I watch the dude every single start. And if... Okay, it, like it makes sense, but his spin rate doesn't go up. Like it, but it's so. See, this is like the line I didn't want to go down because you know Garrett Cole, you can say that, but then Jacob Degrom, you can say the same thing. But I don't know. So I, you I do, don't you, think I don't think Degrom does. Yeah. I mean, he leads major. Uh, he has so much. Uh, he is a huge fastball pitcher. You know, he powers that 100 mile hour fastball by, and I, you know, you. I was watching one of his games the other night. And I think he threw like. 23 of his first 31 pitches were like just 100 mile an hour fastballs you know just powering them right by until you get to the second and third time through the through the lineup and then you start seeing more of the the curves and the sliders and the off speeds and stuff like that i mean you, sticky stuff isn't as necessary on those fastballs as it is, is trying to get those sliders way outside getting those curveballs in the dirt and i think garrett cole uses a lot more of his off speed and breaking ball repertoire to his advantage than DeGrom does. And that's why, you know, he's always been on the, the front page in this whole situation. Now that it's coming out, no, it's not no surprise that he was, he's the big name right now. I mean, this makes sense. So before I get into some interesting statistics with Garrett Cole, I do just want to, everyone's talked about it, but it's just so funny how he made it so obvious. Hey, I was wondering if you could help me out with this sticky situation, winky face. Like, looking yeah. back at it, Garrett Cole right now is like, wow, I literally drew them a picture. Then he follows it up with the stuff I had last year seizes up when it gets cold. Can you come up with or do you have a mix that will play better in cold weather? Which is also interesting because... Because he moved from Houston to New York. And it so this was before his last year in Houston. This was 2019. What's interesting, Houston plays in a dome. They played the Yankees, the ALCS. So that would have been the coldest they would have had to play. And then that World Series, no. No, that, okay, that World Series was against Washington. 
So Washington and New York have a pretty similar climate. And Garrett mm-hmm. Cole did not perform especially well that postseason. I remember so that, actually. It's just interesting that that wrinkle. Um, some of some of the other messages, one from Adam Wainwright, thanks, very thick stuff. It It's just, I can imagine, like, the the congealment on Adam Wainwright's, you know, right pointer finger and middle finger, just, and that's the other thing. They make it so obvious via text message and whatnot that I'm shocked nobody just, you know, has a, a picture of, like, their hand, you know? Like, w- with Michael Pineda, another Yankee, was so yeah. obvious against the Boston Red Sox a few years ago. Now everybody was like, oh, David Ortiz was in, you know, the clubhouse watching the game, blah, blah, blah. Michael Pineda was literally like Touching on his neck, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, He's rubbing on his neck. So there was that. Uh, Adam Wainwright also asking for some secret stuff. And then Max Scherzer desperately needed it in February of 2018 and was willing to pay overnight shipping. And if you know anything about shipping, overnight, very expensive. Not that, you know, Max Scherzer has any money problems, but just an interesting fact, especially in February, that he would need it. But also, Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer did face off in the 2019 World Series. Max Scherzer and friend of the show, Deontay Salim's Washington Nationals came out on top, of course. He will be the first one to remind you. But yeah, so it's just interesting that, you know, the two of them faced off and it might not have seemed so obvious. But now going into Garrett Cole's stats and shout out to baseballsavant.mlb.com. This is a great website. Like I'm surprised they don't have, you know, what they ate for lunch before they made these starts. That's how in-depth these stats are. And it's it's a great read if you haven't checked it out. So the stats, okay, velocity with a pitcher, yes, matters a lot. But like we said with Jacob DeGrom, velocity, when you've pitched for as long as these guys have, it makes sense for it to go up or down, you know, depending on injuries and whatever else. So for certain guys, it makes sense. So I'm not really looking at velocity. Spin rate is a very hot term currently. It basically, spin rate, the more grip you have on the ball, the more rotation you can get on it. That's basically the best way I can put it. So that's what everyone's been looking at, and that's what's been leading people to have their suspicions. So, oh, also, another interesting debate I constantly have with friends that this baseball savant.mlb has they have expected runs by par or expected home runs by park it's really interesting because in 2019 garrett cole gave up 33 home runs so 32 of them would have been home runs in houston and 30 of them would have been in new york so it's just interesting how they're able to equate that so currently garrett cole has given up eight home runs this year and they all would have been home runs in all but three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So roughly half the places, basically it appears more National League parks wouldn't have been a home run. But luckily for him, he's an American League pitcher. So he's fared well that way. So you look at his velocity, it stayed pretty consistent. It hasn't gone up any, you know, crazy amount. It's half a point here, half a point there. Then you look at strikeouts 
So this is 2015. This is the middle of his Pittsburgh Pirates career. He averages a 24.3% strikeout percentage, which was down. Then it goes up again. Then his first year in Houston, it goes up 11.4% to 34.5. Then his 2019 season goes up to 5.4. Now, last year is kind of an outlier for obvious reasons. He did not make a lot of starts. Neither did anybody. But it still went down to 32.6, which was still eight points higher than his second to last year in Houston. So it or Pittsburgh, I'm sorry. So for that number, hearing this information, and I'm not sure if you've heard it yet, it, would that lead you to believe anything out of the ordinary? I mean, obviously, you can't you can't look at a guy just because of a trade, just because of a new pitching coach and everything that comes with become be, being on a new team and say, yeah, this guy's going to strike out 11% more of the batters he faces a year later. Was it in Houston that maybe he started using the substances? I mean, they're already known for cheating, so why not? Maybe that, that'd be my guess. I mean, you look based on the stats you just read out, a huge jump came in Houston, a jump that no really advanced metric can explain in full depth. Now, maybe he is just a better pitcher when he went to Houston. Maybe the pitching staff did things that helped him out. But all signs point to his uh, his career renaissance in Houston being the result of something performance-enhancing uh, being on the table when he got there. I mean, Next you just don't jump 11%. You just don't do it. It just doesn't happen. Next number, or next stat, I should say, that's interesting, with percentage. So we're going to go 2016, his last year in Pittsburgh. With percentage is at 18.8, which was down a full 4%. So then, oh, I'm sorry, that's the second to last year. So it goes up a little bit. It's 21.7, 2017. 2018, this dude jumps up to 30.8 in one season. And then the next year follows it up with a 37.2% whiff percentage. Garrett Cole. Okay. Well, Garrett Cole can throw very hard. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that. uh, Yeah. But Garrett Cole is not a power pitcher per se. Garrett Cole has always been, you know, when he can get his off speed X, Y, and Z, he's going to be who we thought. Hearing whiff percentage. Now, I'd be interested to see, I'm going to see if I can find it, how many strikeouts he was able to get via fastball. But it sounds like, you know, that's mostly off-speed speed stuff that he's striking out guys on. So I just said... It, it doubled. That number basically yeah. doubled. From and then 20, What was it, 21 to 37? Uh, 30... Where am I with? Yeah, 30... Yeah, 37.2. And then this year, it's it's at 32.3 because it went down a little bit I mean, last year. But again, small sample. But still, that jump from his numbers with the Pirates, I mean, and he's got a great fastball, but not a good enough fastball to jump 20% with his whip percentage. It's, it's in a great improvement with his breaking ball, increased spin rate on a dude that's already, you know, a little suspicious. You just can't look at these numbers and be like, Oh, yeah, there's a logical explanation for that outside of a performance-enhancing 
uh, sticky substance. All right, just can't. so I'm going now trying to look at his pitch distribution. So basically this year in 2021, he's thrown, you know, primarily fastballs. And this year, the fastball velocity is up. And again, the velocity isn't as much the problem as the rest of it. But it's just, it's it's pretty interesting. So now, all right, let's look at exit velocity. Exit velocity, all right, that's, it stayed pretty much the same. Last year was the highest it's been, 90.4. That's not too hard. So now, mm -mm. all right, let's take a look at out of zone swing percentage. 2016, okay, 2017, it went down to 25.5. Then by the time he was done in Houston, goes up to 32.3. And the year before, it also went up about four points. But now, okay, now it's at about 32.1. So he's getting a lot of swings and misses on out of strike zone pitches, which strikeouts in 2021 in the MLB isn't very surprising. Discipline yeah. is just out the window and everybody swings at the first pitch. So mm. that you got, one. You got, I mean, you got Joey Gallo leading the, leading the, leading the AL in walks and strikeouts. The, the day of the game is home run walk strikeout right now. So that's, that number doesn't jump out to me as much as the first two numbers, but I still think it's seven-point jump is a little may, – maybe a little bit of a factor in the, the sticky stuff, but I don't know. All right, so his frequency of speed for his off-speed pitches never really goes crazy. In 2017, he's at about 2 3% max. By the end of 2019 – it's closer to 4%, but his slider goes up a dramatic amount. His slider is over 6, which, you know, it's still doubling from what it was, which also, we said it, I mean, we everybody has said it since, you know, Justin Verlander. It was like, oh, we thought he was on his way out. Then he went to Cy Young and a World Series in Houston, you know. He's that's another guy, yeah. I mean, maybe his name will come up as uh as everything starts to unravel. Wouldn't Zach, surprise me. Zach Granke has, you know, Zach Granke's been a very solid pitcher for a very long time. So I don't think that there should be any suspicions with him. Lance McCullers has never really put it together, so I'd be interested to see, you know, what his numbers are like. He's a heavy breaking ball guy too, but his career numbers, yeah there's nothing out of the ordinary like with uh, a lot of the other pitchers we're talking about but maybe I mean he throws some nasty breaking balls maybe he's just maybe he's been using his whole career maybe he hasn't touched it I don't know it, it's one or the other because I mean his career numbers are are just about you know on track with every single year he's played I mean he's pretty consistent but and what's interesting with Garrett Cole it just shows how plate discipline is one of the many lost arts in baseball his chase percentage has just gone up year by year. In 2016, well, 2017 was the low, 25.5. He's raised it to as high as 33.1. And this year, it's at 32.1. And chase contact is just all over the place. 2017, people were hitting 64.7% of his pitches out of the strike zone. 
and he was able to get that all the way down to 43.1 his last year in Houston. So it's all of them are very interesting numbers, the way you take them. So if you take it as, you know, I don't see why Garrett Cole did anything wrong. You take those numbers in as, oh, he's just, you know, refined his craft. But if you hear this evidence and have the suspicions that we've had for a very long time, you take it in as, you know, it, it makes sense why it all equates, you know, two plus two is, is adding up to us now. So Michael Kay, who has a radio show here in the tri-state area, is the Yankees play-by-play announcer for a very, very, very long time, said last week on his radio program that Garrett Cole should break Josh Donaldson's ribs because Josh Donaldson said good that, you know, Garrett Cole got caught and everybody realizes about his spin rate. So, okay. And then Garrett Cole also, I'm just going to recreate what he did the other day. You feel how awkward that was? I didn't talk for six seconds. You knew I was doing that and you probably still thought I froze. See, like, I know, I know you're doing it. <laughs> I thought you froze for a second, but like, now with the text messages, him not saying anything, I, it's gonna, somehow though, this is going to turn out to be Garrett Cole as a victim. And he's gonna be like, you know, I didn't know it would go this far. I didn't know what I was getting into, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm I mean, playing for my childhood team. I feel bad for yeah, him. I mean, he's gonna play victim. And, uh, but actually I have a question for you on, on all this, let's say uh, this investigation keeps going. We find more and more pitchers that use it. Uh, they have a big talk. I mean, the CBA is coming up after this season anyways. There's going to be some changes in the game as well. So do you see a day in baseball in the somewhat near future, we'll say in the next 10 years, where the sticky stuff, the spider tack, is no different than rosin bags or batting gloves? Or do you see it being completely wiped out what do you yeah, think? if you want to ruin the game by, you know, like this, okay, spider tack and pitchers being able to put whatever they want on their hands is similar to, I don't think that they were very serious talks, but the NBA being like, hey, let's add a four-point line. You know, let's just, and, and Rob Manfred is just so dumb that I think he would. Because he'd be like, oh, this is what the kids want. But, you know, the kids also like home runs, but you still flatten that thing. And now some players are like, oh, you know, I like it. They get more grip so they can, you know, throw it better and I can hit it farther. You really we can't. so far, man. We made it so far without making it a, a Rob Manfred hate podcast. But I'm here for it because you're but like you just, right. It, if the ball is going to be as flat as it's going to be and the bats are going to stay the same as they are pitchers having pine tar on their fingers isn't going to change anything. Like Garrett Cole has had the best years of his career. And again, I'm just saying Garrett Cole because he's at the forefront of this. Uh, everybody I feel the same about. And I do think that these players do warrant suspensions if they're caught with absolutely, you know, full, fully incriminated, if you will. 
So yeah, I don't know yeah, how no, many I games agree. it would be. Go ahead. There's two approaches for it. There's two approaches. You you let them you, – you, at the end of this year, you decide, yeah, you can use spider tech, and we're going to cork the bets, and we're going to make this – the MLB just just completely different than what it was. Corked bats, spider tech, crazy pitches, crazy home runs, or you outlaw it right away and you make sure anyone who was caught with it gets punished. It can't be any other way. They have to figure it out because if they don't regulate, if they don't, it's, it's performance enhancing. It's not steroids, but it's performance enhancing. You need, it needs to be regulated. There's two ways you can go. You can court the bats, let them use it and see what happens, or you get, you get it out of the game as fast as you can and you suspend anybody who continues to try and use it. It can't go any other way. So I'll play devil's advocate here for a second. You let the pitchers do this. You cork the bats. This is now a game of blitz ball in glorified backyards, and nobody wants to see that. I just, you know, want to see a regular ball, pitchers throwing said ball and trying to dominate hitters. I don't want to see because then, okay, why do we still make such a big deal about George Brett having pine tar too high up on his bat? But, you know, if pitchers have pine tar in their fingers, like, oh, you know, that, that's cool. I don't, I don't mind that. Yeah. No, I and not, to, and not to be lost in all of this, like, Yadier Molina is as guilty as any pitcher. If you don't know that Yadier Molina has done this for his pitchers and probably did it for Adam Wayne right before Adam Wayne went. <laughs> the ball got Wainwright stuck on this his guy. thing. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, I guess, except for me, loves Yadier Molina. But like, I like him, but (laughs) this guy's just done stuff like this forever and, you know, has been considered the gold standard for catchers since he's been in the league. Well, feeling I, well, yeah, catchers because like he's getting the ball and gold gloves, whatever. But like, he's as guilty as anybody else. And he has the incriminating evidence. The ball's stuck to the man. Yeah, I mean, and we all had a good laugh like, about oh. it. <laughs> yeah, it was funny, but <laughs> no, everybody seemed to gloss over the fact that a baseball just got stuck to this, to this catcher's gear. I mean, how sticky did that baseball have to be? Maybe, maybe it was just a fluke. Maybe it was a one in a million, but I mean, we just all glossed over that. And I, I just remember thinking, like, like, how does that even happen? And you're watching all this come out, and you're like, oh, that's how it happened. It all makes sense. It all, it's all going to make sense. It's all going to come out, and we're going to figure it out. So, I mean, I do have Garrett here, one of the sports wave's best when it comes to the MLB. So, might as well talk about, you know, actual day-to-day stuff. And the first thing I want to talk about, because somehow it's not talked about enough, and if you have one of these mock all-star ballot things and Shohei Otani isn't in your starting lineup, like, why? Get out. And then, and then the out. argument's like, but who's he going to go? The dude is like, okay, he's a top 10 hitter for sure in the American League. And I would say he's like, uh, he's played as like a top 15, top 20 pitcher. When he's healthy. So, yeah, I agree 100%. You know, I've never been the best at math, but if you add, okay, so that averages out to like what? 13 if you if you say top 15 and then top 10 and hitting but yeah, Shohei Otani is an all-star find a spot put him on the team he's the, the second best player in the AL this year 
and nobody does what he does. If he doesn't start in the All-Star game, I'm not watching the All-Star game, plain and simple. It's that simple. Get this man on the All-Star ballot, preferably at DH. I'm sorry, J.D. Martinez, you're having a great season, but Shohei Otani needs to be in the All-Star game over you. And that's just how it is. I'm sorry. That's just how it has to be. Unless you want to put yeah. him in the outfield, I guess. I don't <laughs> I mean, we, we've talked about the New York Yankees majority of this time. They've been in this rut that is unprecedented for their franchise. Chicago White Sox go through an identity crisis, it seems like, every single week, but they, they keep winning. The Athletics don't know where they're going to play next. They're winning. The Mets had 16 guys on the DL. They're in first place. What other divisions are there? The Cubs, everybody thought they were going to blow it up. They're winning. They're San Francisco Giants, where did that come from? They're in first place over two of the best teams, you know, in the yeah. world, everybody thought. I mean, going back to the White Sox, though, I have so much respect for the White I mean, they lost Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, um, who just went on the IL a few days ago and is out for so long. I can't even remember. I, I couldn't. It was another one of their key young – oh, it was Nick, Nick Madrigal. Those are three young guys that they, they're counting on to be everyday players for the next decade. They lost all three, and as much as I hate Tony La Russa because he's such an old head, that dude's kept this team in first place because he's a great manager. He was no fun at parties, obviously. We know that. But he's a great manager. I mean, he's got them in first place, and they're lo- it seems like they're losing key players every day, and it's just next man up mentality. So I have respect for them in that regard. They are killing it, and maybe they get all their, their uh, young talent back in August, get them hot for the playoffs. This is a team I don't want to see, personally. I mean, they're – they got to be the best team in the AL. I mean, especially if the Yankees' offense can't score, who's going to beat them? It's a team in the National League that I didn't bring up that I was very high on it after the first week, and everybody was like, hey, maybe cool the breaks. The Cincinnati Reds are one of the most fun teams to watch in baseball. They had to cover up that awesome poster of Castellanos standing over uh, mm. whoever it was on the Cardinals because, you know, the MLB likes to have no fun in Rob Manfred's old man that yells at cloud, but, you know, doesn't crack down on crime in the MLB anyways, but they are Nick Castellanos too. He is, he has accepted this. Love me if you want, hate me if you can, but, but what he, the spark he has brought to Cincinnati is just, it's just an incredible thing in the national league sense. What a division. Imagine if they would have had this offense in 2020 when that pitching staff was, was dealing with, with Bauer and when Luis Castillo wasn't the worst pitcher in baseball and when Sonny Gray was was healthy enough to make two starts in a row and they went 13 innings without giving up a run for losing to the Braves. Imagine that 2021 offense with 2020 pitching staff for the Reds. That's just every single time. They just never seem to put it together and it sucks, but but they do make baseball fun to watch because they either win 20 to 2 or they lose 20 to 2. It's never any other result. It's fun. It is fun. National League West has lived up to the hype we didn't we didn't see the giants coming in you know doing what they're doing Padres are having fun Padres are just hitting the ball all over Petco and doing whatever they want the Dodgers they're just they're gonna you know mess around and then yeah they're playing around honestly it's what it feels like another another month or now they'll be like oh all right you know time time to buckle down yeah but this this season just it's been 
everything we hoped it would have been, you know, last year, everybody was amped up for 2020 and then, you know, barely played. But 2021 has filled the void that a hundred less games of last year provided. It's been great. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good time. Well, it's a good time to like a team that doesn't have a cheater on it. It seems, I mean, I don't know, maybe if you have a, a cheater on your team, you like that, you like accept it, but. I mean, well, well, I got to ask you, man, give me, what are your top three uh, MVP picks in each league so far? All right, National League, DeGrom. Agreed. I, I agree. This, this, you'll never, it's ever been, see Dude's having the best pitching season of all time to start. If he can keep it up. We haven't seen anything like he this. He has more runs he's, you know, produced and been accountable for hitting than he's given up. So, ridiculous. That That's also my pick. Uh, I'm going to go... I mean, no particular order. I'm going to go Castellanos. And then, I well, okay. I guess I would say Tatis and DeGrom are tied. And then I'd say Castellanos. He'd probably be my third. Mm. I, I, I feel the exact same way. It's either Castellanos or Winker. I lean towards Winker, but, I mean, I feel like Castellanos is in the long run better. We, he, we've seen more consistency out of him in his career. So I would also go Castellanos at three. I would go. Yeah, DeGrom, Tatis, Castellanos in the NL as well. American League. I I mean, it depends, like, what – Yeah, like, J.D. Martinez, yeah. Shohei, I'm just going to say, because I picked him to win both. Well, yeah, I picked him to win MVP in Cy Young. I think MVP has a little better chance of. But, like, mm-hmm. if – Okay, if even Otani hits, like, 20 home runs and has 85 RBIs and has a winning record as a pitcher with, like, we'll say a below three ERA, there's no way he's you gonna can't be a finalist. give it to him. Yeah, he's a finalist right now if, if he doesn't hit another home run and pitches to a sub-three ERA. So he's going to be a finalist. But right now, I don't know about you, but Vladdy's number one right now. Yeah, I, you could throw Aaron Judge in there too, mm-hmm. I would say. I agree, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The only person right now that could ever beat somebody doing what Shohei Otani does is what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has done. He has been the closest thing I've seen at first base to prime Albert Pujols since prime Albert, since prime Albert Pujols. And I'm probably going to get flamed for saying that, but like honestly, like his on-base percentage is is climbing day by day. It's closing in on what like four. 50, 460. I mean, he's leading the league in home runs. I think leading the league in RBIs. And he's he's the American League triple crown triple crown leader at the moment. That's which is right crazy now. to think that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is leading the American League in average. He it, was it, so over. He was so hyped when he came in. Had a rough start, and now somehow I feel like he's underrated. I feel like he needs to be talked about, like we talk about Tatis. And Acuna and Soto, and I feel like MLB doesn't treat him like they treat those three. And he does, he's, I think he's more likely to be the future face of baseball than any of those three guys. The way he hits the ball, I mean, his fielding is, eh. I mean, but that's why they shoved him at, at first, though. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's holding his own. I mean, he's not an elite fielder, but neither is Tatis. You know, so give Vladimir Jr. his respect. He's beating out 
the Japanese Babe Ruth right now for AL MVP. He deserves his respect, plain and simple. I mean, yeah, this went as well as I thought it could have. I finally got to say my piece on, you know, sticky gate, sticky fingers, covered hand, whatever you want to call it. We got to talk about baseball, which was something that I've missed. It's been too long since we were able to. And yeah, that that's as good a spot as I can think to end it. So if you have missed any previous episodes, Apple, Spotify, video and audio on YouTube, Sportswave, Sportswave official on Instagram, sportswave.net slash apply, Wavelengths pod, a lot, a lot, a lot of really, really good things come in from Wavelengths and TSW in the very, very short future. We've got a lot of great guests lined up. We've got a lot of great conversations. NBA playoffs, we're going we're gonna to get into it tomorrow. But again, something else I was right about the Phoenix Suns. I mean, no big deal. Kind of spoke that one into existence. Kind of same with the Jazz. Let's see how they do tonight against LA. But yeah, this... It's a good time to be a sports fan. Something that we missed oh, this time 100%, last year. Yeah, we needed this. We we're, everything what we missed while we were stuck in quarantine is is coming to fruition right now. It's a great time to to enjoy sports. One hundred percent. So, once again, at the Sports Wave official on Instagram at Wavelengths Pod, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, anywhere that you get your podcasts, we got clips on the Instagram. I mean, we're you know, it's it's only going up from here. It's only going to get better. We're having a lot of fun doing it. Hope you're all enjoying listening to it. Hope everyone's staying safe. If you haven't, just like tell someone like you care about them. Just text your friend, say, hey, it goes a long way. I mean, you know, it's, you don't have to, but like, I don't know. I, I felt like that was a good sentimental spot to end it. Big thanks to Gary the recent graduate. <laughs> this and we will see you guys very, very soon. Well, like tomorrow soon and then like later on in the week. But you get the point. All right, we're out.